Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to all of our listeners. This is Brandon Carwell along with Gage Bridgeford. It's going to be mock draft talk today. Uh, nothing about the Tyler Dunn article with Rodgers and McCarthy. Um, we're simply going to focus on mock drafts and compare um, our seven-round mock drafts that we did. Um, I did mine via the, via the Draft Network. And Gage, is that what you used or did you do a different yeah, that's what I use as well. Their mock draft machine is great. Um, you can run through mock drafts just nonstop. I think I've done probably 30 or so since they released it in late February. I know there's people that have done a ton more than that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great tool. That's the one I used. I can't remember what the other one was. Uh, was it FanDuel or something like that? Um, um, I don't know. It's a good question. Um not that there's anything wrong with theirs. It's just Draft Network. They do a lot of research. Um, I think they have a really great team of kind of evaluators over there, and I trust their their product. So it was a really smooth product, and it was fast as well, the, the simulator. Um, so without further ado, let's just get right into it. Um, the Packers have 10 selections. Um, whether or not they make 10 selections will remain to be seen. Um my gut is telling me they probably won't. I'm hoping they make less. I'm hoping they trade up, possibly back into the third, maybe even the second round. That would be awesome um, to get an extra pick because I think you know the first three rounds they have a great chance to find you know some early contributors um, in my eyes. So with my, uh, I'll just go ahead and kick off with my first round. We're gonna go round by round. 12th overall, I have Devin Bush, uh, Michigan inside linebacker. Um, I think he's a great fit to complement Blake Martinez and Mike Pettin's defense. Um, extremely athletic, much more athletic than Blake Martinez, and he's much, um, I think he's a much higher ceiling. Um, he's a little bit better in pass coverage. He has that uh, drop range that you really like, and he can really pick up. Um, tight ends and and running backs out of the backfield. He's just super explosive athlete, four four speed. 
Um, and he's not a bad blitzer either. He's just the main knock against him is kind of his size. He's not the biggest guy. I think he's around five eleven, and you know that doesn't really um, you know look attractive as far as his length. But he's just he really put out a lot of good tape last year. And uh, Gage, you can go ahead with your twelfth overall pick, and we can kind of discuss those briefly. Uh, for me, I went with Brian Burns. Uh, I've done a lot of mocks and gotten Ed Oliver a number of times. However, he's uh, ever since his pro day, his number has kind of moved up the board a little bit. Um, but uh, at this one, I got a guy that's arguably the best pass, ru- pass rusher in the draft. There's guys like Josh Allen and Montez Sweat and everyone else, but Burns is arguably probably the most proven uh his bend i know everybody saw his highlight tape from his pro day the other day that bend around the fourth bag was nutty if you haven't seen it yet go watch it it's it's crazy um and i even though they and the one thing that has kind of given me some pause about drafting burns at 12 is the fact that they just signed mr and mr smith uh preston and zadarius are going to be as long as they're playing well they're going to be starting and for the majority of his rookie contract and i think that unless he comes out and he's playing at an above a well above average level he's going to be more of a reserve guy and i think that you don't want to have your first round top edge rushing pick as a backup so i kind of looked around the board to see if there's anything else that i was more interested in there was guys like dk metcalf had fallen that far but I'm still. I'm not really sold on DK when I could get a guy like Burns, who I know is going to come and perform at the next level. Yeah, I, I feel very much the same way. I am always targeting Ed Oliver because if he somehow gets to pick twelve, I think that would be a steal. Um, I'm still fully engaged with the Brian Burns hype train. I think he is a tremendous athlete, has a great ceiling. You know, all, all that. And he, his testing at the combine and at his pro day was just extraordinary. And I don't think you can have too many good pass rushers, but it just gives me pause that the Packers did sign two starters and they paid a great amount of money for these guys. So that's just kind of my main drawback. It's hard to see them using that pick on an edge rusher, but I'm totally for it um, because, you know, you got to take a younger guy, a guy to develop. And again, Zedarius can play a three tech, you know, on the interior. So there's no, you know, there's no denying that these guys could all three be out there on the field at the same time as in the two Smiths and Burns. So I think it would be a great addition. And like I said, you can't have too much depth there. Um, You know, if Zedarius or Preston go down, we're immediately left with Fackrell or Reggie Gilbert. Not that that's the end of the world, but I would much rather have Burns to step in. Um, so with my 30th overall pick, I took guard Chris Lindstrom from Boston College. Um, he might be my favorite offensive lineman prospect just because of how athletic he is and is, he's very strong. He just looks like the typical Packers, uh, lineman and he could immediately be a day one starter. He doesn't, but he wouldn't even have to necessarily. Um, but I think he would really compete for that. Um, he is, you know, he, he has he just looks very comfortable in pass protection, and he also isn't afraid to get to the second level um, as a run blocker. His run blocking was really impressive. 
Um, but he's a mauler. He has great hands, and he's, um, you know, he, he really is aware of uh, defenses and fronts, and he's able to pick up things uh, rather quickly. Uh, so, Gage, who do you have the Packers taking at 30? Um, I actually, I got Noah Fant at 30. Uh, I've been, I've heard some rumors that like Noah Fant could go at 12. Like someone was telling me the other day after I had put out a mock that Fant wouldn't even make it to 12. So I was, which I think is a little, little generous, but whatever. Um, in my mock, he, he fell to me at 30 and with the other pieces that were on the board, I knew that I could get players at the same positions later on. And so I took him, I got a guy who can grow with Rodgers throughout the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he gets he's a better blocker than he gets credit for. Hawkinson is the better blocker of the two, and Herb Smith I think is better than Fant. But I don't think mm-hmm. the gap is just this great chasm that he can't make up for. Mm-hmm. He's and plus he, he more than makes up for it in his route running and his receiving ability. I think he's a lot like what we thought we were gonna get with Jimmy Graham. He's got the speed to really get up the seam um, kind of reminds me of a more nimble Jermichael Finley. Mm-hmm. Um, like Finley did a, was great at getting up the seam and just, he presented a size mismatch against everybody and he was really fast at the time. Obviously now he'd probably be one of the slower tight ends in the NFL just because there's guys like George Kittle and Travis Kelsey and everybody else. that's just fast as all hell and they shouldn't be for their size, but they are Fant was an, an example of, are there better play Are there, like other better players listed on the board, sure, but do they fit best with Green Bay? No, I think Green Bay needs a tight end, and they are getting, in my opinion, the second best tight end in the class. But he's also the one that I feel is the most pro ready. I think Hawkinson has more time or has to grow more before he's ready to start at the NFL level. Versus, I think Fan can come in and make an impact from day one. And also with Lindstrom, Lindstrom is uh, my he's my. Uh, offensive lineman number one uh I really like just I think you got a great value pick there I'm surprised that he fell that far so uh, I think that you did a great job snatching him up when you could yeah and and font at 30 would just be an absolute steal so I'm all for that as well um so at 44 this is the second round the Packers only second round pick Hopefully, you know, maybe it doesn't stay that way. I could see them uh, moving back into that second round um, there toward the latter end. I took Paris Campbell, wide receiver at Ohio State. Um, Probably not the most attractive pick for some people, but I've really, really been in love with this guy, um, you know, for for pretty much the last year. Um, Just a, a, a beast when the ball is in his hands. I mean, super shifty. The the speed is just you know the four three uh, forty doesn't lie. This guy can absolutely fly down the field, and he would just be so great for Rodgers to have. Um, can line up in the backfield. Can be that gadget player running the end arounds or the misdirection, what have you. Um, I think he would just be a great tool to have in Lafleur's offense. Um, I kind of saw. I, I would see that kind of similar as to when the Packers took Cobb. Um, but Campbell is just, he's better. He's better at what Cobb did in college, um, and he could, he'd be a, a great playmaker to work underneath and out of the backfield, um, extend drives, and just you know add that level of creativity to the offense that they've been lacking for the last few years. So that's why I took Campbell at 40, uh, 44. Um, you know, not in the most polished route runner, but 
Um, I think his ability, you know, he could just run some simple routes, some simple spacing routes, some option routes, maybe some drags just to kind of get open and make something happen. Um, and then, you know, you just let him work from there, let him use that speed. Um, I think he could be a, a nice home run threat and a solid option for their slot. Uh, I think that's a good pick. Uh, I, I I'm just glad that so far we've gotten through three picks and we still haven't picked the same person. Um, for four, at 44, I went with Dalton Risner, offensive tackle, Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Um, they gotta simply put, they gotta have a plan in place for Bulaga, whether Bulaga goes down with an injury this year or whether he st- or he stays completely healthy all year, and then they choose to move on from him next year when his contract's up, which I think because I think that's a very very realistic thing. And Risner is that is going to be that guy. Um, he's arguably the he's one of the best tackles in the class. He's not Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor's great. Um, then you got people that are going to say Jonah Williams is good. Jonah Williams isn't a bad guy, but I really like um, I really like Risner. I think he's got the talent to play on either side. Obviously, they don't need him to play on the left side, so we're okay there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that he is uh, he played in the Big 12 where it's a big wide open scheme obviously and he had to block against some good pass rushers in that in that conference and I think that he's gonna be he's gonna he's gonna like having that year to grow behind Bulaga and next to Billy Turner and all that stuff and mm-hmm. I think that he's just gonna be and he had a great combine he's been kind of moving up boards but I was able to get him here. Um, and I didn't, and everything else that was on the board, obviously offensive tackle guard, all those, they're not sexy picks, but when you can get a player like that, you get a player like that. So I snatched him up as soon as I could. And it's a great pick. Risner is probably one of the more pro ready guys in my eyes, just because, you know, he, he does have great strength and he's really athletic. Um, but you know, I, there is some talk about him possibly moving to guard on the next level, but I think he would be a great depth piece to have in place. You know, maybe um, swinging at right guard. If if Blaga goes down, maybe we would have Billy Turner swing over to right tackle, uh, but Risner would be an option there as well. Um, so I really like that pick, and I think he's, he's definitely one of the top-rated offensive lineman prospects, and the fact that he can possibly start at two positions is just going to add to his value even more um and you definitely have to prepare for the future and maybe blog is not re-signed after next year and that was also kind of my thinking around the devin bush signing is that maybe the packers could move on from blake martinez if his price tag is too high um so you know that's kind of what ted thomas was famous for was drafting for the future and, and looking at those contracts that were expiring and finding guys that might be able to step in um, so here's what I have for the third round, 75th overall. This was the first tight end prospect I ever watched, and I really liked what I saw. It's Jay Sternberger, Texas A&M. Um, he only, he, he, I think he played for uh, three different, I think he was on three different teams in, during his college career, maybe just two if I, my memory is is. No, I believe he went to. I believe he went to JUCO. So yeah, he JUCO. Played, so there's and then, there, and then he also and, went to Texas A&M as well as Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. So. Yep, and Kansas. So, but he only had that one year. Real, he had one really good year at Texas A&M, which was in 2018. 48 catches, 832 yards, 10 touchdowns, um, and he's also just a really good blocker. I mean, I saw some really good things. He's he can play the inline blocker. He would. 
probably be the Packers' best inline blocker uh, next to Mercedes Lewis, even though you know there might be some um, some throwback there. Mercedes Lewis didn't have the greatest year last year, um, but I look that's at good, that's due to improper use by a former coach. But we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I think you have Sternberger kind of learning from Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, who are different types of um, the tight end makeup. I think he could be um, a short-term project and, and potentially even start in uh, year two. So that's why I took Sternberger, just to kind of help with that tight end transition. That's a great pick. Uh, I like Sternberger. Um, I do have some questions about um, why he wasn't able to get on the field at Kansas. Like if that's just a matter of not being – or like matter of improper usage or something like that. Yeah, but, it could be work ethic. I mean, we really don't know. I, um, but I hope it's not. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand. Uh, if it's because if what we're going to see of him at the pro level is Texas A&M versus what we saw of him at Kansas, then it's a great pick. Uh, for me, in the third in the third round, I went out and I got a safety. I got Juan Thornhill. Thornhill blew up the combine. Mm-hmm. Had a had a great week in Indianapolis or a great weekend in Indianapolis. Super athletic guy. The main thing that I love about him is his versatility. Uh, we all know that Mike Pettin loves his safeties to be versatile, versatile and be able to do more than one thing. And Thornhill, simply due to injuries, had to do just that. The like he, when he was at Virginia, they had injuries all over the ball. He was playing corner. He could play out. He was playing safety, and he's really and he's got a lot better ball skills than. Um, then we then we will see out of guys like um, like Adrian Amos is a is a better cover safety than it gets credit for, but it's still if you but uh, but if you get a guy like Juan Thornhill on the back end and allow him to grow next to Amos and like learn from the other veteran or the some of the veteran guys that are in that backfield, I think that he's going to be a great player in a hurry. Um, he might not be super polished in year one, but uh, year two, I that's when I think he'll make a big jump. Yeah, Thornhill. Thornhill is an awesome prospect. Killed the combine, you know. Set some records or, or tied some with the the vert um, and the the broad jump, and you know that's impressive in itself. And he had a, a great number of interceptions. What he have six interceptions last year, so you can't ignore that number. Um, and he did play in the slot. He even started his career on the outside. Um, as a, a boundary corner and then he made, moved to safety and he even played in the box some that's a great pick great guy to have that can kind of move around on the back end um and his value is tricky you know sometimes you see him mocked in in the second round so if you get him in the third round that would just be awesome i mean but i think that's the appropriate round to have his to, to grade him at um so here's what i have fourth round we have three picks in the fourth round. Um, we have first, I have safety Jaquan Johnson, Miami. Um, so here's me addressing the safety position, a guy that can kind of compete for some snaps early on. Um, he's not one of the top safeties in this class necessarily, but he does have that uh, versatility to play a number of positions. He's a hard-nosed hitter and you know brings that attitude. Um, you know, that you want from the safety position that the Packers have kind of been lacking. He's a better tackler um, than what they've had. Um, and his ball skills are, are pretty solid, eight career interceptions. Um, he can play in the slot if he needs to. He, he's pretty rangy. 
Um, and he's also comfortable lining up in the box. He is kind of small, um, you know, and you can look at him on the field and see he's kind of got a slight frame, but he's super competitive and he's so super strong and his tackling form is pretty damn good. So I'm really comfortable with taking him, uh, you know, as a possible um, early starter or at least a depth guy that's going to compete for some snaps. Um, I think he would be a nice compliment to Adrian Amos. You know, both these guys could kind of play too high. Um, and he would just be really aggressive against the run. And he's got pretty good uh, strength and speed. And as I said, he can even pick up guys in the slot potentially and cover guys out of the backfield. So my pick at one, 114 is uh, from the U, Jaquan Johnson. Um, Gage, what do you got? Uh, for me at that spot, I had a, I went to the, I went to the running back room. I went to David Montgomery running back out of Ohio state, uh, or Iowa state. My bad. Excuse me. Um, Montgomery, the main thing that I liked about him a lot was his route running ability. Uh, I've watched him, I watched him on film His his route running and his receiving ability out of the backfield is really, really well done. Um, he has great hands. Uh, I really like his ability to run that wheel route that I know we've all seen clips of this offseason about how the Packers never used it and all the best teams in the NFL did use it. Um, he gets out of the backfield. He's got the speed to get away from uh, linebackers. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is he an immediate, like, is he going to challenge as the starting running back? No, that's what Aaron Jones is for. Mm-hmm. And every running back uh, like that has come out that – has been utilized every effectively in the NFL and like those Kyle Shanahan offenses is you got your best dynamic runner. That's your Aaron Jones. You got your power back. That's Jamal Williams. And now Matt LaFleur is going to have kind of a receiving shifty back. And, and is Montgomery super small? Like you would expect. No, he's five eleven. He's 216 pounds. He's a, he's, he's a little, he's shorter. He's a stocky guy, but he moves really well for his size. And I really liked his receiving ability. And I, and I didn't like anybody else on the board enough to take them to take them over him. Mm-hmm. And I, I I took a similar route with my 118 overall pick, Justice Hill, uh, Oklahoma State running back. Um, I think the fourth round would be a great time to target a running back to kind of add some competition there. Not that there's anything wrong with their one-two punch and Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, but um, it never hurts to add a different another player there who might be able to provide a different look. Um, you know, Aaron Jones has had the durability issues, getting injured his first two years, and then Jamal Williams really hasn't. He's had some flashes and he's he's done some good things, had a couple big games, but um, not necessarily a guy you want to have out there carrying the ball 300 times in a season. Um, so that's why I, I would love to add another running back to the room and Justice Hill. Again, kind of like Montgomery, really good size, 5'11", 200-pound uh, build, and he also has 4'4 speed, so that's pretty uh, a pretty good prospect to take a, take a chance on. He had really good production in college, um, 3,500 yards, 30 rushing touchdowns, and he, he also did some good things as a receiver, so I think he could be that threat out of the backfield that they um, could kind of mold. And um, just a running back in this in this spot in the fourth round would just be a great, um, you know, just kind of rotational player and an insurance policy. So, Gage, who did you have at 118? 
Uh, at 118, I went out and I wanted to beef up the the trenches a little bit. Uh, I had hoped to get this, I hoped to get a guy a little earlier in the draft, but every pick that I was going for, I was like, you know what, this is going to be a better pick. I can get some defensive line help a little later on. That's what I did. I got Gerald Willis out of Miami. Um, so you got a safety out of Miami. I went with an interior defensive lineman. Um, Willis is he's got great explosiveness like his first step off the ball is just great it reminds me a lot of Kenny Clark in that aspect Mm -hmm. Um, he's 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 got a little bit of leverage issues but that's something that he can work on and they don't need him to start from day one because they got Dean Lowry down there as well as Kenny Clark Mike Daniels and they they don't run three linemen all the time anyway Um, he also he's he's got good hands and he has the power to really move and throw blockers around so I think uh, getting a guy that can give you some rotation snaps, uh, can come in and fight in camp, uh, he can push Montrevious Adams a little bit, and uh, I think that he's only going to make their defensive line group a little, make it more or make it deeper, so that way you don't got um, Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels gassed late in the fourth quarter because you've been able to supplement them with some of these uh, other backup, some of these other rotation guys. And I think that's what Willis can be. He may not be a starter, but I think he does have the ability to just play good snaps at the NFL level and getting him in the fourth round. Yeah, I could have grabbed him at 114, but I wanted to grab that running back then, and I got him four picks later, so it's okay. Yeah, it's an awesome pick, and you can't have too much depth along that defensive line. Get a guy that can kind of compete, maybe light a fire under Montrevious Adams and, and Dean Lowry, and they still have Tyler Lancaster, so I that would be a great addition to those group of guys. Um, so here, I think we're moving on to the fifth round. I thought I, I think I said we had three picks, but we really they really only had two. And then the fifth round, they had one fiftieth overall. Um, I took corner Mark Fields from Clemson, um, guy that can compete for the slot, be a great special teamer, um, emergency, an emergency corner if they. Uh, you know, if injury does strike, which has happened, you know, what, how many years in a row have they had issues at corner? Every year. Too many to count. He, um, but Fields is a smooth cover corner. And he didn't, he wasn't like a, a every down guy at Clemson, but he really stepped up in, um, you know, on the national stage in the big games, last two games last year. Um, and if he went to somewhere else, I really think he could have been an every down starter and competed to be one of the top corners in the draft class. Um, but I see him as a potential fill for that slot. Um, and he could play on the outside as well. I think they need to address the corner position after losing Breland. Um, and Fields is a, a, a solid tackler, and he um, has really good foot, footwork to mirror you know, quick receivers. So I took Mark Fields, 150th overall uh, out of Clemson. Um, for me here, uh, I also went to Clemson, but I went with a different guy. I went with one that's a little more proven and a guy that I'm pretty sure, I don't know if we've talked about on the podcast at all this uh, so far this offseason, is Hunter Renfro, man. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the guy is super sure-handed. He's, he shows up big in big games. Uh, I know, I remember watching him just torch Alabama uh, the first time Clemson won the title, just I think he had like 10 catches that game. He dropped nothing. He's The guy's got glue for hands. I know everyone's clamoring for that slot guy, and that's what Renfro can be. Um, I, I love getting him at, at 150. Uh, his, va- his value has had him anywhere from the fourth round, from the early fourth to the late fifth, and I got him, I got him kind of in the middle of the fifth, so I was happy with that. 
Um, I think he may not be the like the best athlete, the best catcher, the best anything in this class, but the guy does everything. Everything he does, he does it well, and that's the kind of guys that you're trying to get at this point in the draft. Yeah, Green Bay drafted three wide receivers last year, but if you can go out and get a guy that was a four-year starter at Clemson, he makes an impact every time he's on the field, and he's going to give Aaron Rodgers a consistent catcher of the ball when he throws it in his direction. Rodgers is going to throw to that guy a lot. Yeah, and he's an extremely smart player, Renfro that is, and anytime you can pair that with Rodgers, I think him and Rodgers would get along tremendously, and I think that that is an excellent pick. And I would, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all, especially in the fifth round. That would be awesome. Um, so let's see here. We have two picks in the sixth round. Um, 185th overall, I took a tackle, uh, Matt Sharping, Northern Illinois. This is a guy I saw at the combine that kind of stuck out to me. He moves pretty well for a guy who's six six, three hundred twenty pounds. I mean, the guy's a bear. Um, he was a really good run blocker in college. He needs some work in pass protection. Doesn't have the cleanest footwork. You know, he's not he's not overly light on his feet. Um, but I thought he moved pretty well for um, a guy that you know is six six three twenty. Um, and I think he could be a nice insurance policy at right tackle. And um, he's got the great length that you know you want to have out of, off the edge. And I would definitely rather have you know a guy like Sharping. Um, competing than than a guy, you know, maybe a Jason Spriggs. I'm kind of good on the Jason Spriggs experiment. Um, So I I took Sharping to be a depth guy. Um, I think he's a better prospect than Kyle Murphy was. So that's why I took an offensive tackle uh, with my first pick in the sixth round. Uh, With my first pick in the sixth round, I actually doubled up on wide receivers. I went out and I got a guy that He's not the shiftiest guy in the class, but he's got really good long speed, and he's also a good route runner. That's one thing. Uh, it's Travis Fulgham out of Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fulgham isn't a guy that is from a big-name school or anything like that. Um, but the thing I really liked about him, especially compared to like the three wide receivers we took last year, is his route running ability. Um, as we all know, more Marquez, Valdez-Scantling, and uh, EQ – are all supreme athletes, but none of them are super super swift or super clean route runners, and that's something yeah. that I think uh, yeah. Rodgers really likes because it allows the offense to be more timing-based because they're hitting their routes exactly when they're supposed to. They're breaking down right, and I think that like athletes can, help, can win in football, but I think athletes that can run a route can really win at the next level, and I think that's what Fulgham is. Um, he's got a he's got really good long speed. You'll see him on tape just separate from corners. Like corners can't even keep up with him, no matter how hard they're running. And I think that that really helps take the top off the defense. And he can also snap off a, a curl route. He can like but he can he doesn't get super quick out of his stance, which is something that I'll have to work on. But when he gets when he gets moving, he can just snap off his curl route, and that corner is going to be left running another five yards because they can't turn around and they can't expect it. Um, he's also got. He's also able to win at the point of attack, uh, like in jump ball situations. He's 6'3", 208 pounds, so he fits that bigger mold, and he's able to go up and win a jump ball if he needs to. So uh, even if so, I think Fulgham just adds to a wide receiver room. Green Bay likes to take wide receivers, load up on them, and just take the best ones that they can. I think that's uh, what they're doing here. And well done. I can't argue with any of that. Um Let's see here. We have 194th overall. 
I doubled down at safety. Um, definitely just got to add some add some more competition back there. Um, I already took Jaquan Johnson out of Miami. This time I'm going with Evan Worthington out of Colorado. Um, super impressive uh, build. Much different than Jaquan Johnson. Worthington is 6'2", 212, um, and he moves pretty well. Um, not, I mean, he's not like overly rangy, but he, he does have some some good skills on the back end to be a coverage guy. Um, may not be able to play single high just yet. Um, needs to, you know, hone in his craft and get better at processing routes and, 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 and looks and things of that nature. Um, but he was pretty effective in coverage. Uh, and he's a, a good tackler as well. He had 114 tackles, nine for a loss, four interceptions last two years. Um, he probably would be a, a higher pick, but he did serve a suspension in 2016. He violated team rules, um, but he came back super, super refocused, and he had a great last two years. Um, and he also uh, suffered a couple concussions. Um, but I'm taking a risk on a guy in Worthington who I think um, – would would be um, a, a solid special teamer again, and um, potentially a guy that can compete for some snaps and line up in the box. Even um, I mean six two two twelve, get a guy like that who can fight against tight ends who are trying to box him out. Um, super strong, and I think he's uh, he's worth a look at in the sixth round. Take a risk, and I, I think there's a great chance he's going to be on an NFL roster next year. So why not make it the Packers? That's a, that's a great pick there. Um, definitely, definitely agree with that one. Uh, for me in the sixth round, uh, I don't know if you saw a piece uh, from uh, Acme Packing Company, Acme Packing Company the other day. It's by Sean Wagner. Um, it's about Packers taking a quarterback every year. So you know what? I went on and I did that. Um, mm-hmm. I got, in the sixth round, I got Gardner Minshew from Washington State. Um, I went out and I got a guy that in college put up points. That's what he did. Simp- like simply put, that's what he did. Is he went out and he put up points, and I and he's got a crazy. He's, he's got a cannon for an arm. He's gonna. He's got. It's, he's got to work on his accuracy a little bit. So we're so sitting behind a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and uh, we'll kind of give him some help with that because Aaron Rodgers is one of the most accurate quarterbacks that I've ever seen in my life. The guy can do things that normal human beings can't do. Um, and I think that it'll also help push Kaiser. Kaiser came in last year and looked really, really unsettled out there. Um, looked really raw. And I think that it, I think that taking a quarterback, especially on day three, when I'm not even convinced the Packers are going to be picking at this point, I think that it's just going to it's going to help push Kaiser. And worst case scenario, you end up carrying two backups, or you end up with Minshew instead of Kaiser because you see. Gardner Minshew is an is an athlete. He can he can throw. He can throw any route. He's just got to work on his accuracy a lot. And he's also got kind of that gunslinger mentality. The guy's not afraid to throw any ball. And I think that that could work great in Green Bay. So yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, Kaiser really didn't show much last year in McCarthy's system, and now he's got to learn a whole new system. This is going to be his third system. He has to learn in three years, and that's not that's as bad as it gets for a rookie quarterback in this league. Why not take a guy who might be a better fit? You don't even know what you really have in Kaiser yet. He's a former second-round pick, sure, but he really hasn't you know, 
done much on the field to make you think he's going to be able to start um, on a consistent basis. He's certainly not going to be a starter in Green Bay ever in my eyes, even if Rodgers is gone in a few years. I don't think Kaiser would be the answer, so add another guy. Why not? And Tim Boyle, he had a great preseason. I get that. Um, fans love him, but let's just be honest here. He's an undrafted free agent. He's uh, he's not. He's just a long-term project. You know, he's and he's a guy who can probably uh, give you some nice looks on the scout team. You know, he he's going to make a couple throws. They're going to be like, wow, who who threw that? But as far as you know, reading defenses and and picking apart teams on a a week-to-week basis that's probably not what Boyle is going to be capable of ever hopefully he has a solid career as a a backup but let's just add another guy who yeah is going to potentially be Rogers backup and 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 be a better fit in Matt LaFour's system Um, so here's the last pick 226th overall last but not least I took an edge guy Um, I took Sharif Miller out of Penn State Um, so they 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 signed the two Smiths and free agencies, so I I feel like they're gonna wait to take an edge rusher, um, and I think Miller is a a, a nice little late round flyer, ha, has really good size, six five, good arm length. I think he has like thirty four inch arms or something like that. It was something crazy, um, and he had a great year last year, uh, forty one tackles, fifteen for loss, and seven and a half sacks. So. I think he would be a solid pick in the seventh round, and he might. I think he's a better pick than what Kendall Donerson was last year. Uh, Donerson's a great athlete too, and has great size. But I think Miller might be a little bit uh, more pro ready. So that's who I have as my late round flyer and my final pick of the 2019 draft for the uh, Green Bay. Uh, for me, I also went with an edge rusher, but I went with a little bit different one. I went with Austin Bryant. I went with another Clemson guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I know. Like- Austin Bryant, uh, getting him this late in the draft, I was super excited about. Uh, he yeah, that would be crazy. Performed well the last two years. He's had eight and a half sacks both seasons, um, fifteen and a half tackles for loss uh, in his junior season, fifteen tackles for loss as a senior. Um, he had he gets he gets tackles. He had fifty as a junior, forty five as a senior. Um, he he had an interception as a junior. Man, his junior year season was really good. Um, I, he's not quite up there with his uh, teammates like Cleveland Farrell and uh, Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, all those guys. But I also think that he can be. I also think that he can be really good. Uh, I think that uh, he's going to be a rotation piece. And now I've got I got mm-hmm. two I got two uh, edge rushers in this draft class to put behind uh, the two Smiths. And I think that it's just going to make the Smith's jobs even easier because now they're not going to have to be on the field as much. Yes, they should still be on the field as much as they can because that have your best players on the field. But I think that he's going to be, I think that Bryant just uh, deepens out their edge rushing group uh, and he's going to, and he's going to, he's, he's raw. He needs to grow a lot. um, And I think that that's what he'll be able to do. And at this point in the draft, you're throwing darts and hoping one sticks. And that's what I got. That's what I went for here. Yeah, love that pick. If we got him in the seventh round, I would be doing backflips. Awesome, Bryant. Awesome pick. Um, I did do a little bit of uh, a film review on him. He's he's got great size, and he really does stick out on the um, on the film. Um, you know, but yeah, he was overshadowed in a pretty loaded defense. 
and I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's starting in a few years, uh, to be quite honest. I mean, I think he, he's really good, strong bull rush, and he's just really – he's got pretty good length, and he's he's super strong. So I think that would be an excellent addition um, to the Packers' front seven. But that is, uh, that is our seven-round mock draft, and Gage was a pleasure, and we will definitely be back in a, a week or so, and – bringing you the latest Packer news. Anything you wanted to add to the mock draft? If you enjoyed it, Gage, or uh, no uh, takeaways? Um, my takeaway every time I do a mock and uh, let the public know about it is if you think you can do better, let me know on Twitter at GBridgeFordNFL. I have no issues if you think if, I, if you think I made a bad pick, if you think mm-hmm. that this is what the pick yeah. we should have done, always feel free to let me know. I try and respond to everybody that – talks to me on Twitter because you know what I mean if you're messaging me clearly there's you have something to say so if you think that you could do better or if I if I, you think I did great no matter what you let uh, let us know I know uh, Brandon's at Packers scribe so uh, go ahead and give us your feedback um, and then if you think hey Gage you won or hey Brandon you won go ahead and at both of us on Twitter and let us know who you think won yeah definitely let us know we would really appreciate it we appreciate all the feedback positive or negative but we will be back in a week with Packers Talk I'm Brandon he's Gage thank you guys for listening enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.